Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, with a nice clean shirt, one that doesn't have stuff spilt on it. Okay, you're going to bring that up. <laughs> I don't know what's gotten into me. Yeah, I mean, Ollie just came into the office after his lunch break and just said, "I've spilt something down my t-shirt," and then said. It's been happening a lot recently. I don't know whether it's because I have started to wear lighter shirts because the summer is here. Put it on the white shirts, put it on the pastel colours. Which would imply that I've just been spilling stuff on me all through the winter months. I just haven't noticed it. I also don't think you're much of a dark t-shirt person. Hmm. Like you wear, I think the only times I ever see you wearing black t-shirts is when you're wearing WrestleTalk merch. Hmm. But yeah, I, I just feel like I've been, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's out in a cafe, I think I spill something down my front at a rate of once every two days at the moment. Okay. Well, like a baby. yeah, that, that does sound quite like a... Do I need a bib? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, actually, the, the bibs that we've got for the kid are amazing. They're like whole suit type things. So it's not just sort of like the plastic <laughs> clip around bib thing. It's got like who puts her arms into sleeves. Like a hazmat. It's like a hazmat suit. Exactly, like Homer yeah. Simpson in the opening credits. Yeah, and we sort of then just, you know, she spills stuff down her, but it doesn't like get onto any of her clothes. So maybe that's what we need to give you, like all, an all-over hazmat suit-style bib. I think if you if you try and get stuff that's made for babies for adults, it's got to come from a fetish website. I can't see mm. this being just available normally. Well, I mean, well, maybe that means there's a gap in the market. Also, also, I don't want to wear it. Well, then just get better at eating then. Is it because I'm what? Is it because I'm reading stuff on my phone? Oh, you're not focusing on the fit. Well, no, because you watch TV. Like we watch TV in the office because mm. you don't come and have lunch with us because you think we're lame. 
And uh, so we sit and we watch TV, but none of us spill anything down ourselves. Sorry, I'm missing out on, oh, this is a really good Simpsons joke. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 wait. No, the next joke's going to be funnier. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I listened to a podcast <laughs> about this joke. And this is the, and then the joke happens. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Adam's now listened to that same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so now we do, we have a lot of chats about uh, the history of The Simpsons and the makings of episodes and stuff, mm. which I think is great. Uh, we have got an email, in actually, that I wanted to read to you. This comes in from Ryan, who says, uh, I've been listening long before since Luke joined. This is my first time emailing in. but I thought I'd share a funny story. During, this, uh, during last week's Dynamite, something spooked me. For contest, I do not watch NJPW, and I know next to nothing about the product. I know the big, uh, big names, thanks to listening to you guys, but I've only ever seen a handful of matches. Anyway, a card has showed up on last week's Dynamite. Keep in mind that I do not know what his entrance music sounds like. All of a sudden, I heard a, a coin fall in a room nearby. <laughs> it startled me. I was the only one in the home at the time. I got up to take a look around, but I see nothing suspicious. I went back to watching the show, and this is when I see a card on the screen. I guess maybe that sound was part of his song, because <laughs> what else could that sound be from? After watching your review, I can confirm that is indeed part of his song, and it was not a ghost. The echo effect of the coin really made me think someone dropped a coin in a room next over. Well, now I won't be scared watching Forbidden Door, hopefully. Just thought I'd share a funny wrestling story with you for the podcast content. Maybe it could be a new segment. Thank you for the consistent content, uh, and thank you for things making brightening my day, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. That's a, that's a hell of a sound system, right? Yeah. That he thought it came from another room. Absolutely, yeah. If you have got, like, a... Uh, yeah, if you have a Carter's entrance music hit and you've got such a sound system, you think it happened elsewhere in the house. Or is that actually a bad sound system? Because it doesn't even sound like it's coming from the TV. What? Well, I guess if it's surround sound, when it's, it would sound like you're in the arena, so it would come from a, a different direction to maybe other sounds. I experience it on my laptop with just a thin speaker bar. I don't even know where it is on a Mac. It's all hidden. Yeah. I was it just vibrates and gets warm, my laptop. Yeah, that's kind of what mine does a lot of time as well. I mean, like, I, we have a new TV. It's not that new anymore. We've had it for a few months now. But I don't have a sound system on it, so I literally just have the speakers that are on the TV. Mm. And that causes the exact same problem we had with the old TV, which is that everything is built for 5.1, and I haven't got a 5.1 setup. So it's a constant fighting with the remotes to be like, oh, the music's too loud. The talking's too quiet. Oh, God, there's an action scene coming. Turn it down! Yeah, why? Why have we removed the option for mono? Mm. What was wrong with mono? Mono was perfectly fine. As an option. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's better than stereo. Yeah, no, I agree. I was like, you've, you've taken away my choice. And now I just have to struggle to watch TV shows or spend another grand so I don't have to fight with a TV remote. Either bring back mono as an option... Or bring back giantly thick TVs. Yes! I want a TV with an ass oh, the size of beautiful. Texas. Absolutely. Do you remember there was that period of time when TVs weren't going wide, they were going tall? No. Yeah, because like everything was in 4.3, sort of like back in uh -huh, the day, uh -huh. rather than going like widescreen, because <laughs> that gives you nothing extra for 4.3 presentations, they just went taller. What? So it'll be a larger box? Yeah, a larger box. My friend at university had one. It was like his dad's old one from sort of like the late 90s, early aughts. And it is just a massive TV, but not wide. It's, it's massive upwards. 
Well, ahead of the time, because that's essentially what portrait mode is now on phones. Yeah, that's right. We're moving away. Do you think that's what cinemas will become? It's like, is that what IMAX is? IMAX is actually just portraits. It's still wider than it is taller. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's an unpleasant image to look at. <laughs> it's just that's that's the way a hand works. And the phone needs to go that way in a hand. Yeah. I tell you what will change when... It's Google Glass or whatever the equivalent is, and it's AR, Apple Glasses, and it will just it'll just be a wraparound image, and you'll get run over because you'll be watching an episode of How I Met Your Mother while crossing the road at Oxford Junction. On Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you won't be able to stop it. No. It'll be, it'll be horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I need to see. <laughs> stop it, Neil Patrick Harris. Stop it, Doogie Howser. God damn, he's likable. Th- oh, pfft. Are you, and you get hit. Are you currently watching How I Met Your Mother? No. No? no I've never seen it. Have you not? You know the only reason I ask is because my wife recently said to me, do you want to watch How I Met Your Mother? Because she quite liked the show when it was first on. Was your answer, I've got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, we've got nothing else to watch currently. We're not into any other shows mm. at the moment. So we gave it a go. I watched a handful of episodes and I was like, yep, this is broadly fine. It's a trap you get into, though, because... Those 20-minute sitcoms from America, so easy to binge on. So easy to watch. But they really are the entertainment equivalent of snacks. Yeah. They never fill you up. Nope. And But weirdly, you always want one more. Oh, yeah. when an episode ends and another one starts, you're like, oh, brilliant, another 20 minutes mm. is coming up here, which well, might have a, at least a good joke in there, or at the very least, a handful of smirks. It's, it's a problem with commitment because... I would love to watch more two-hour movies. My lady partner will not agree to that most of the time. She has to be in a very specific mood to devote the whole night to that. But hey, three episodes of Selling Sunset, which is the same length, let it play. Easily done. Mm. So because we, she's got an out. Well, yeah, I mean, we were watching, uh, at the recommendation of my brother, Superstore on Netflix, which is like an American sitcom thing set in like a Walmart-type location. Uh, and it is like... It's totally fine. Like it's it's bang average. A couple of really good laughs every now and again. Like every three or four episodes, there's like one really big laugh. Apart from that, it's a totally standard show. But the second an episode ends and another one starts, I'm like, oh, brilliant, another episode. Mine as well. Might as well. The decision has been made for me. Well, thank you, algorithm. So well, this, not even algorithm. No, so yeah. Uh, so my my dad, um, it, a period of time was hugely into Friends. Every day, watched Friends on <laughs> E4. Like you'd come down, I'd come downstairs when this I was. This is when your dad was a teenager no, 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 and no. you were his dad? No, <laughs> no, this is like, I was still living at home, so I might have been in my mid 20s uh-huh. or so. And I'd come downstairs uh, after I'd finished work or whatever it was, or I'd get home from work. My dad would be watching Friends. So I'd sit down and watch Friends with my dad. Uh, I then moved out. I came back to, you know, uh, an evening and he's no longer watching Friends. He's bored of that. He's now watching Two and a Half Men. Mm. That's now his new favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like every day. Two and a half men, always watching that. Can't stop him watching that. Hilarious show. It's, again, totally fine. And then I go away, I come back, and then he's into his new thing, Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. I don't I don't like that. Loves one. the Big Bang Theory, this, that, and the other. You know, always watching the Big Bang Theory. Then he gets bored of that and, and gone to something else. He's always, like, watched the show for a long time, then gets bored of it, watches another sitcom that's basically the same for a long time, gets bored of that, watches another sitcom that's basically the same, gets bored of that. And... My brother was talking to me about this recently, and he was just like, I don't know why like, he gets into all of these shows. And I said, well, I think it's quite a simple answer. 
they're on at half past six. PM? Yeah. Dinner time. It, it, well, yeah. He'll yeah. watch the news at six, and then the news finishes at half past six. It's like, what's the next thing I'm watching? Friends, brilliant. It's always on at half past six. And two, uh, two and a Half Men was always on at half past six on ITV2. Big Bang Theory, always on at half past six on E4. The reason I love snooker to this day is because it was on after The Simpsons and Buffy the Vampire Slayer got bumped for it. Did I change the channel and look for another show? No. I sat there annoyed for a week <laughs> until I liked snooker. Mm -hmm. um, but look, Miz and Mrs. this week bumped a mega rating. Did it really? But purely off the back of Raw. <laughs> no one was enjoying Miz and Mrs. No. They had probably just gotten so full and tired of WWE, they couldn't even change the channel. Well, that's what they said about Dynamite when it moved to TBS. That got like a huge bump off the back of Big Bang Theory. Like the first like quarter was always a massively watched quarter because people just hadn't changed the channel yet. That's, well, let's, let's see what's up next. If we don't like it, we'll change the channel. Yeah. I, I find the uh, American TV viewing, and I think it is maybe a specifically American thing, fascinating in that Raw will spend an entire episode telling you we're being preempted next week. We're going to be on a different station. We're not going to be on USA next week because of this, because of Crufts or whatever it is. Hmm. We're going to be on sci-fi. And yet the following week, people will tune in. They've watched that show because they always watch it. Go to USA Network. Where's Raw? How does that happen? People are busy. but a lot people, of people are thick is what I'm saying. Uh, yes, but also... They don't care. <laughs> they don't care enough to. Oh, oh! They're telling me this thing that in a week's time I've got I've, I've got to go to a different channel. I better write that down on my phone. No, they're watching it in the background. They're having dinner. They've got kids running around, and then they've got a week of work and social I, plans and other things to focus on. Listening to Resting Observer Radio, Dave must be like, "Well, it'll be a bad rating this week because they're on a different station." And we're like, "How? <laughs> it's still the same show on at the same time. It's just not on the same network." Anyway, let's get into the main show. We're talking about uh, Dynamite this week and an excellent blood and guts with a fabulous finish. Here is the show. Right now, let's open with the titular match, Blood and Guts. It was the whole second hour of the show. They've done one of these in the past. It was last year, the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle, which, you know, was fine. It was okay. It was really good. But then it just had that limp ending that brought everything down. Well, this one had a limp ending that was the best limp ending ever. Yeah, it was a limp ending on, not on, oh, oh, by design, really on purpose. An intentional limp ending. And I loved it for it because it was mm. an absolutely, one of my, it might be my favourite finish of 2022. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Let's, let's talk about the finish first and then we can go back and talk about all the amazing spots that happened in the bit before the match beyond. Yeah. You can't say match beyond either. No. I, I still think Blood and Guts, terrible name mm -hmm. for a match stipulation. Uh, and actually, I would argue because of last year's Blood and Guts, I don't think people were that excited for this. I think it's a combination of two things. Last year's Blood and Guts with the Jericho fall, people were a bit like, eh, actually, maybe it's not that great of a stipulation. Maybe they can't do war games well. And secondly, I think people are, are kind of done with 
the Kingston Jericho feud because this is a feud that has been going on since October of like not October like oh, Febu- February of this yeah. year, wasn't it? Because they had that match at Revolution. So been feuding since February. <laughs> There's been lots of chops and changes since then, and that's kind of why I think the feud, ha- for me, has not felt stale at all, mm-hmm. because there's always been changing characters and changing character dynamics. But I think there are people like, I'm done with watching these lot have a fight now. I'm hoping this is the end of it. Well, let's talk about the finish, because I wouldn't mind one more match, if I'm honest. So Eddie chases Jericho outside of the cage. This is after 40, 45 minutes of wrestling, and everyone in the cage is just destroyed, laying about, battered. Thumbtacks, glass, blood, no guts. The glass, by the way, was during the ad break. So we on the fight feed got that, you know, mm. because we always do, we just get the thing as it is. And I just saw John Moxley get out a little bag, put some glass on there, and they were like, oh my God, he's got broken glass. And then he gives, I think it was Angelo Parker, the pile driver onto the glass. It's like, oh my God, he's got a pile driver onto glass. And I was like, man, what an incredible spot. The next thing I hear is Excalibur, like, back from commercial break, and you don't done about I was like, that was the commercial break? Well, they sure learned their lesson because then they um, they didn't do anything in the next commercial breaks. (laughs) Apparently there's a bit when Eddie and Jericho are on the top of the cage with Sammy as well, I think. And one of them yells at the other one, are we back from commercial yet? <laughs> because they're waiting to do the big spot and they don't want to throw Sammy off the top of the cell through two tables outside while they're promoting, I don't know, yeah. Gecko Insurance. I, I wrote my note here. Feels like they're waiting for someone else to come and join them up on top of mm. the cage. Because they, well, because they were just sort of like, they're like, you can see Eddie, Eddie Kingston surveying the carnage down below him with a smirk on his face. Look at Jericho, he's so tired. And it just looks like they were looking around being like, where's Ortiz? Yeah. He's, he's supposed to be up here with <laughs> us. And the, Because as soon as Jericho and Eddie got to the top of the cage, the rest of the, what, 10 guys in the match? A few others joined them. So let's say... No, no, unfortunately, nine guys because of Santana. Yeah. But let's say like seven guys were in the ring. The majority of people were still in the cage. They did nothing for the final 10 minutes of the match because all the focus was up top. And that is that is a flaw. But I personally was having so much fun, I didn't care. And also, I think if you're A, part of the live crowd and B, part of the home experience, if people are still fighting in the cage below, that just distracts from what's going on up on top of the cage. But you just do this. Yeah, I know, but like that's I think that's worse. <laughs> um, so Jericho and... Eddie are at the top of the cage. Eddie's thrown Sammy off the top of the cell and he has this awesome grin on his face afterwards. Uh, Somehow, not the scariest spot because Claudio comes up. Jericho has Eddie in the walls. Claudio saves Kingston because Kingston might attack that. Or he passed out and Claudio, or Claudio, sorry, gets Jericho in the swing. Does a swing on the top of the cage. So... Claudio, one of my favorite things in this match for a variety of reasons, the main one of which, though, was things like this. Because when Eddie and Jericho were up on top of the cage, Jericho had the unfortunate aspect of the fact that he did loads of spots with thumbtacks earlier. So he had loads of thumbtacks in his boots, which Mm. made walking quite slippy up on top of the cage. So him and Eddie, and I think Eddie might just be a bit scared of heights, were like Bambi on ice up there. They were like just really like gently walking around. Let's just do spots on our knees, shall we? Because I don't want to stand up here because I don't know how structurally sound this whole thing is. Fair play. Yeah. Oh, absolutely fair play. I'd be cacking my pants up there. 
Claudia just gets up and he's just like, doop -a -doop -a -doop, <laughs> giant swing. Hey. At the end of the match when they won, he did a victory lap around the... I was like, careful, Claudia! And he's like, ah, I'm not scared at all, me. This was a very solid roof, I must say. You know, like some, yeah, yeah. some Hell in a Cell structures, you can see the floor bending as people stand. This was like... Totally solid. Yeah. Um, but still. Tell that to Eddie and Jericho. They're like, <laughs> still very high. Yeah. Um, so, Claudio, keep going to call him Cesaro. Uh, does you, that you swing and Jim Ross. Jericho, yeah. And it just, you're just thinking, oh my God, don't let go at the wrong moment. Uh, Daddy Magic gets up, Matt Maynard. Matt Maynard. Matt Maynard. And he stops that. And then Eddie gets Jericho in the stretch plum. The movie beat him with at the pay-per-view, Claudio gets Daddy Magic in the sharpshooter. So you've got a dual submission spot. Oh, and Jericho's close. He's going to tap. But then the bell rings. This is how I experienced it. The bell rings and the crowd kind of go, huh, what? And I'm like, what? what's just happened? And then the commentators put over, Daddy Magic tapped. And I was like, oh, what a... What a weird way to end the match. And in that moment, I was like, oh, because it was anticlimactic. It was limp. But then I saw Eddie's face and Eddie's realisation that he was just about to make Jericho tap to win, to get that revenge that he manically craves. But this new guy got the victory. A guy that he hates with a passion. Well, well the, yeah, yes, that is kind of... It's kind of separate to AEW continuity. I'm looking no, that, forward that to that. Was in, they did put it over. That was in Forbidden Door continuity. That is in AEW continuity. They did say like they are putting aside their mm. differences for this match because they hate each other. Still a very fresh story though. Yeah. But e like even without that, this this still stands up brilliantly. Because I well I they would have done this exact same finish with Danielson. Because this would had it not been Claudio, it would have been Danielson in that position, and it would have played off the exact same thing of like Claudio and uh, sorry Eddie and Danielson don't totally like right. each other either. Dan like he essentially cost Danielson the anarchy in the arena match by trying to set him on fire. So like they would have just done the exact same spot here. So they just essentially just put Claudio in there instead, and they've got that same history and the same sort of vibe and stuff. So I think it certainly worked. I saw Daddy Magic tap out, but when I was watching it at home, I and I was thinking to myself, I was like. I hope Matt doesn't tap out mm. because the real punctuation for this story needs to be Jericho tapping out. And actually, I think it'd be quite lame if your Claudio, the new guy, is the one that taps him out. This needs to be Eddie's moment. And then Matt Menard tapped out. And I was like, oh, man, they did go with that. Like, oh, and now oh, it's got, that's I, so safe. Just I, another way to protect Jericho. I was like, oh, and everyone's just going to be ex-WWE yeah, guys yeah. putting over the ex-WWE guys. And then I saw Eddie's face. And Eddie's reaction was, what happened? Because he just has hears a bell ring and he hears someone else's music play. He's like, well, Jericho didn't tap out. Why is the match over? He got cold cocked so got, hard. I know, right? And it's like, he stole the victory. But he didn't steal he's a victory. He's on their team. <laughs> and Claudio goes, yeah, we won. And he goes to Eddie's like, we did it. We won. And Eddie's <laughs> reaction was, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we did win. But yeah. that's, not, that's not how I wanted to win. Yeah. And it was uh, this mind-blowingly great performance by Kingston of yay I won but also that's not I didn't win I, I didn't get my sweet revenge that I wanted it was never about beating JAS with a pinfall for him or a submission I mean well, it, it, has was, to, it has to be it's submit or surrender yeah well it was about for Kingston it was about him 
I guess, ripping Jericho's arm from its socket. He wanted to embarrass Jericho. Yeah. So they kept saying on commentary, he didn't get to embarrass Jericho. Whereas Claudio, to argue his corner from a character perspective, he's come in, he's helped these guys. He was arguably the MVP player. First in. From an in-ring perspective, um, just kayfabe helping the guys win. He got the winning pin. They won. And yet it was on the, arguably, no offense, the lowest tiered... JAS member to Claudia. That's like, yeah, job done. Job. I'm a professional. I We won the match. That's why his reaction at the end was, yes, yeah, we absolutely won. Great for us. But Eddie couldn't be further away from professional. <laughs> he is an emotional, emotionally driven ball of fury. Whereas Cesaro is like, here's my job. I'm going to do it. And I completed that job very well. Yeah. And that that clash is mouthwatering with the Chikara history between them as well. It has made me so excited for where they can go next. That's the key to it, right? Is because now we might be able to spin th something off here into Eddie versus Claudio. Where does John Moxley fall into this? Like we always talk about, like where does Moxley fall when it was Danielson? What happens when Danielson is able to wrestle mm -hmm. again? Like how does that shift the dynamic? Does Eddie just? accept this and move on or is this something that's going to eat does uh, does, does eddie emotionally <laughs> learn from his mistakes yeah well, sure i think that's gonna happen I mean, well, I mean no mistake was made but like is he just going to emotionally accept that he didn't get his jericho in or as you say is he going to be like i need I've, I've got unfinished business with jericho well that that's and, where i think they would go. and then you have santana and ortiz being like what are you talking about we, we beat, beat them we yeah. beat them at blood and guts and he's like oh, i didn't I didn't beat him at Blood and Guts. Mm. Like, I think that's a fascinating little character beat for him. I, I And like, Jericho, does Jericho care? Jericho yeah. could just move on. This is such a compelling character direction. And it's, weirdly, it's the same one as before, but different. Like, Kingston has been this baby face. He, he is a total heel in all of his actions, but we treat him as a baby face. Because I, I love him. He connects with a lot of people in the crowd. I see now him turning into that more bitter side where people are going like, no, mate, come on, leave it now. And he's like, no, I've got to do this. And he is unhinged. And I just, yeah, that's so tantalizing. I I've, I mean, like, we say this all the time anyway, but <clears throat> oh, I can't wait for an Eddie Kingston promo because <laughs> Eddie will probably have, oh, I can't wait to hear what Eddie's got to say about this now. I, I want I want Kingston Jericho too, and I want Kingston to lose it, and that's just going to fuel his Claudio hate more because he could have done it. Yeah, he could, I, he could, could have, have had I could have already had it, and everyone could be like, "No, dude, you, but you beat him on the first time. Why are you still on this?" <laughs> and like, yeah, Claudio's so self-destructive, and Claudio's like, "I don't know why you're so bothered about this. We literally won the match." Yeah, oh. <laughs> there's um, so many really cool things about this, and actually, like, yeah, the finish was. It's my favorite finish of 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is going to go, probably go down as probably one of my matches of the year. I absolutely loved this so, so much. Because it's not just the finish that I loved. There was a bunch of other stuff that happened in this match. Like, as someone who loves consensual violence, mm -hmm. this was consensual violence to the max. There was bloodshed everywhere. There was a moment, and I don't quite know how this happened. Jeff Parker was hanging outside the ring by one leg, dripping with blood. He was this, he was this corpse of a man. And I just remember, how did you get there? Yeah. 
the door hadn't even been unlocked yet. No. I, I, I did like that crazy visual, but when I do take an objective step back, I'm like, well, that that bit does undermine the cage aspect of the match. Apparently, I think he'd like slipped between like some of the cracks and stuff as he was like, I need to get out of this cage yeah. now, and then got his leg caught, and it was just like... I actually thought it actually added to the visual of the match. Cool visual. I, I just don't... If you're going to then do a bit about escaping the cage by the door having to be opened and unlocked, I don't think you should do that. But it's minor criticism. I still loved everything. The way they got the door open was Tay Conti opens the door. She like beats up a, a referee. It's to help Jericho escape. So I love Conti's inclusion in this. Like She's not just with Sammy. She is a full believer, appreciator of Jericho. And then Ruby Soho runs down, which usually AEW would just do that and it'd be like, okay, well, I've, I guess I've kind of seen them interact, her and Kingston before, but it's you know not really anything. But before this match, they played an awesome hype package and it had Ruby Soho as a talking head purely for a kind of character testimonial of her very good friend, Eddie. Yeah. So when she ran out, it was perfectly foreshadowed, made total sense, and it was a lot more emotionally resonant because of it. And I just think AEW really need to learn that lesson, that these video packages, and actually the length of time given to the post-match is really important. It's not just like giving the matches time. You need space to breathe on either side. Because there's about four minutes of them on top of the cage afterwards celebrating. Yeah, I I, I loved that spot actually with uh, Tay Conte and uh, and Ruby Rojo. Ruby Rojo. Ruby Rojo. Well, it's because so Ruby Rojo. So I need. I was going to say Ruby Soho, but I also wanted to point out that Taz called her Ruby Riots when she ran down to the ring. Jr. called. Um, uh, Claudio Cesaro on multiple occasions. He also said Daniel Bryan during the. I think I think Regal called him Daniel Bryan, and I'm just like, I mean, I appreciate it, guys. Like name changes and this and the other, but like, I mean, I, I was like, why is Jr. out there only for the main event? And I think it was just for this spot, so he could go like, no good Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's why Jr.'s there. That's another interesting thing. It was Taz. Um... Excalibur and Shivani for the first hour on commentary and then JR came out especially got an entrance and everything to commentate for the main event and he was also on Rampage kind of a spoiler but yeah it looks like we might get a bit of a shuffling around I would commentators I'm all for it like that I'd said this to Tempest and Pete on the live reactions we did for Forbidden Door it's one of my favorite things about the show is that the commentary team was Excalibur Taz and Kevin Kelly like that for me is like I, I think Excalibur and Taz along with Shivani, are probably the three best guys that they've got. Mm. And really, for me, it's Excalibur and Taz. They're like my favorite duo together. Mm. So if like Taz is now doing main Dynamite commentary, I think that is all the better for it. The less grumpy JR we can have, probably the better. Um, but I love this. Like The other spots we could talk about, uh, aside from the Broken Glass, Thumbtackomania, like a whole heck of a lot of thumbtacks in this, including... Jericho putting on the walls of Jericho onto Moxley in the thumbtacks. Oh, it was awesome. And then Kingston just grabbed a fistful. Didn't, like, kick Jericho to release his very good friend Moxley. Took his time. Jericho's watching him in plain view. Just scooped up some thumbtacks. Chucked them in Jericho's face. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was great. It, I like how Moxley 
is like, yeah, give me a fork. Give me some glass. Give me some thumbtacks. Let's make everyone bleed. I'll bleed too. Let's have fun. As soon as he had to go up to the top of the cage at the end to celebrate, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, it's so high up. We're so high up here. <laughs> so, so, so Claudio was like, do you, do you want a hand, mate? And Mox... <laughs> Claudio's there running laps around the whole thing, being like, Whoa, it's so much fun up here. And Moxie, probably like me, be like, it's so high up here. Though. Oh my God, it's so scary. There's nothing to grab hold of. Uh, also, I mean, this match got a five-star rating from me before it even started because in that video package, Dean Malenko did most of the talk. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, cool. A Dean Malenko spotting on Dynamite is a five-star show. Uh, Real Americans spot when Hager and Cla Claudio were in at the same time. Yeah, they didn't actually do like a we the people thing. but The crowd did. The crowd knew what they were getting to, which I, th I thought was really nice. <laughs> um, and the other thing to note of this match, though, is unfortunately... Santana, the injury curse continues, mm. everyone. Santana was in this match for about 20 seconds. He was the penultimate guy for Team Eddie, and he did this urinagi and just leg cave out. And then he tried to get up a bit later, like moments later, and just fell down again. Doctors attended to him, and he was taken out of the match. And I didn't even notice. I didn't notice until the until end. Until the end of it, mm. when everyone was celebrating and he wasn't there. I just remember, I was like, what? Where happened? Where's Santana? Yeah. I was like, well, there's Ortiz. Regal's not there. Yeah. Um, I was like, what happened to him? And then I went online and I saw that he got injured. Now, okay. It really sucks for Santana because I feel like we keep saying with, with LAX, they just need to get out of someone else's storyline and then be part of, and then they can go into their own tag feud. Because that's all they've done for the last mm. 18 months is be part of seconds for people's singles feuds. And now this feud is done and Santana is injured. And that's just going to delay the LAX push even further. They've had a five-star match in AEW in that parking lot brawl. Could have uh, had more. Yeah. Should have had more. Uh, but yeah, well, um, it, it's remarkable the match did not fall apart after that. Because like you said, I didn't notice, you didn't notice. They just improvised around that. Imagine all the spots, the double-team spots Ortiz and Santana would have had. Didn't miss a beat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's see what you all thought on the Omega Chats. Get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Sam Ali says, awesome show last night. I popped hard for Claudio's swing on Jericho. My only issue was that in storyline, why wouldn't both teams beat the heck out of each other while they waited to enter the cage? I guess that would take away from the in-ring action. That That's exactly it. I think it's the same I was saying earlier with if you have people fighting on top and people fighting in the ring, I think you just, you're asking people to split their concentration. Mm. And if you have people fighting in the ring and people brawling on the outside, you're just asking to split attention. I like the adaptation NXT made where they're in cages at the top of the the ramp. I think it looks so goofy. Oh. I, I I mean, the way to do it is just you just get an entrance. When it's your turn next, is you're in the back and you just come mm. down afterwards. That is good. Uh, Jack Nichols. Oh my god, Daddy Ma- Daddy Magic, get out of my dreams and into my boy stable. Watching a swing on a cage roof made me anxious but enamoured. What I love about AEW is they're always thinking about what's next. Slow build to Claudio versus Eddie. Love it. Love you. Yeah, he's a great boy's pick. He's a great boy staple pick. Charles Burke. Even though it had story, character development, blood, there were no disembowelments. The lack of guts severely hampered this match. Two out of five. Christian did what we like to call doubling down. Wishing death on Jungle Boy's family. Except his mum, who he's going to bang. What a promo. What a promo. We'll talk about that very shortly. Marcel Arts, still down with COVID? Oh, I'm so sorry, Marcel. Um, had a lot of fun with blood and guts, but I wouldn't call it flawless. Anyway, will we see Claudio versus Kingston as the next feud? Bullet com- uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus Kingston and LAX. And what will Jericho be doing? Storytelling that makes sense. I love it. Apples. Yeah, get better get better soon, Marcel Arts. Also, Marcel Arts, he told us on the um, stream that we did for uh, the Forbidden Little Live Reactions, the... The game that we use for CBW is now available in mm. Germany, and he was part of the like the translations of it and stuff. Amazing. It's very cool. Aaron Smith, I loved this show. With all the possibilities coming out of it, it would be awesome to see Claudio versus Eddie at the next theme Dynamite, with the blow-off as Eddie versus Jericho are all out with a stipulation in a submission match, perhaps. I switch those around. For that's me. that's fit for me. Like I think Eddie needs to Yeah, I mean, does Eddie want to continue this feud with Jericho? Jericho's like, no, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm done fighting you now. Ed, look, you can have multiple feuds at the same time. Well, no, no, of course you can. But I'm just saying, from, like, from a character perspective, yeah. I think there's also a really interesting thing of Eddie being like, I need one more match with Jericho. And Jericho being like, I'm not giving you another match. Yeah, we're, go away from me, you loser. We're done. Yeah. Like, I'm moving on to other things now. Uh, Roberto, did either one of you notice that Kingston said to Claudio verbatim, I can't get up right now. My back hurts. I don't know what happened. I'm okay, though, when I top the cage after the bounce. No, I didn't the, see it, but I read about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I read about that uh, as well. It was, um, yeah, I, actually, I think I had it through um, Stephen Larson. Like, you can kind of see it, like him saying to me, just like, yeah, my, my back hurts. Mm. I mean, like, he was just like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'll be fine. And just give me a minute to recover. 
you don't know what to work and what to shoot with Eddie. So, but hopefully he's okay. Uh, Riot DR, hey yo. A possible solution to the inactivity in the cage while the action is on top. Two huge everyone is down spots. Gives them a reason to stay down as the featured wrestlers begin their climb. Otherwise, this was a fantastic story in violence. What And violence it was. And they continue. It's awesome how deep the layers are in this ending. Claudio and Eddie. Eddie and Jericho. Eddie and his own need for vengeance. This is a delicious parfait of storytelling that can and hopefully will lead to some bangers of matches. I'm really, I was worried at the end of the show when I was writing my review that people were going to be down on this ending. Mm. Um, because I read one, I, I always try and read a few thoughts before I start writing. And um, one review I read was like, ah, it came off a bit, a bit anticlimactic to me. And they didn't sort of, they weren't excited for what came next. Sort of the idea that blood and guts should be a blow off to everything. And this, this is, at the end, a setup for something else. I would actually, I would say this was a blow off to the Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho storyline, mm. but it's not to Eddie Kingston. Yeah. It is to yeah. everyone else, yeah. but it's not to Eddie. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, Blood and Guts was everything I wanted and more. Sad for Santana because he's one of my favourites and it took some time for me to get back into the match because I kept wondering what happened. But everything else was perfect. Utah is so over, it's amazing to see. Yeah, Utah was great in this match as well. Um, Roberto has said, Please do add that Gorilla Press has given insight on the Kingston and Claudio verbal exchange atop the cage. Cool. Uh, Nate S loved everything about Blood and Guts. The finish was amazing, and I liked how it came with like five minutes still left in the show. Eddie is again wrestler of the year contender. Claudio tried to help him up after, but Eddie refused. Couldn't make out what he said to him. Yes, that was what was the. I think my back's a bit sore. Uh, Edgar Carrasco. Guys, Blood and Guts was fantastic. I went into this thinking I liked Kingston, but now I get how Ollie felt on that video interview. Ollie, thanks for the shout out last time. Luke, it's pronounced. Rancho Choke Among Us. <laughs> Being an alley native, I can say that. Mm. Yes, because that's, uh, I believe this is the chap whose daughter laughs the way I say, Galazco. <laughs> because I'm not very good at containing my Italian impressions. No. And you know, people are trying to claim that I'm saying Kako Rukamunja wrong. <laughs> but uh, I'm saying it, I'm saying it the same way you guys are every single time. Well, let's get into the rest of the Play Pipe Play review. Of course, keep sending in your Omega chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. The show was in Detroit, Michigan. First time, and oh my God, what a crowd. 13,000. I think, I think we have to do 13,000. I don't know what the exact number well, is. I mean, if a wrestling promotion says there are 13,000 fans here, my first note will be, about 11 and a half then. Mm, yeah uh so but rowdy all night they were there for it they blood and guts i do think in isolation was a better match than last year's blood and guts yep of course last year's didn't have the crowd but this year's did it had a crowd, had a crowd but this had like twelve thousand more people <laughs> yeah. um but in ring i think it was better but also the atmosphere that the crowd brought for that and this entire show made I felt like this felt just as big as Forbidden Door in some moments. Yeah, this is, you know, felt like an almost an AEW mini pay-per-view, which mm. is what their their specials tried to feel like. 
Uh, it started off with Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page. I'm like, okay. Love Cassidy coming off the back of the Osprey match. Ethan Page hasn't, you know, they've not really been feuding, have they? Uh, n- not at all. No, this, this was, I think Cassidy was on the show. Partly because, uh, as has mm. been reported, a lot of the AEW roster, well, uh, quite a bit of the AEW roster, uh, came down with COVID. So they, that's why they hadn't really announced many matches. They announced all the matches on the day to find out who have we actually got. But I think Orange Cassidy was on the show because uh, Tony Khan wanted to show off that he'd bought a new song. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, who have we got here? Ethan Page? That'll do. Ethan Page it is. I, I think for a show that was pretty much thrown together at the last moment on the day, uh, you know, outside of their control, really. This isn't like a WWE Raw being written as the show goes on air because Vince has had a change of mood. This was, you know, extenuating circumstances. They booked a hell of a first hour and this match felt like a pay-per-view worthy match in itself. This match ruled. So good. Yeah, this match ruled. So yeah, Cassidy came out with his new music, which is Jane by Jefferson Starship. Uh, I prefer the Pixies. Same. Absolutely great song, don't get me wrong, but oh, the Pixies. But he used this song on the Indies. But I think the Pixies is a better song, yeah, yeah, I and I think it works better for his character as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you don't like because you have that bow now now you get that much bigger, an easier pop to get into. I would argue. Mm. But what I loved about this match, Dan Lambert at the start of this came out. He's holding a bottle of orange juice because he's going up against Orange Cassidy, and he's like. Well, you know, look how small and scrawny you are. Look at the size of Ether Page. You'll never be able to body slam a guy like him. He's going to body slam you all around this ring. So the entire match was built around, like Hogan Andre was built around Orange Cassidy trying to body slam Ethan mm. Page. And it worked to a magical degree. Yet they were telling two stories. One was the body slam like stuff and the other one was Dan Lambert's going to interfere at every available opportunity it's like Scott Demore and the the, the, you know really good match leading up to it I think they probably went eight or ten minutes Mm. Uh, and the finish had both of these parts come together at the same time Lambert's on the apron and Cassidy just takes the orange juice has a sip of it so what yeah passes it back this amazing moment when earlier in the the match Dan Lambert was doing the Orange Cassidy kicks yeah. to Cassidy while he was selling on the outside to take the mick out of him. And so then Cassidy starts doing the kicks back to him on the apron. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing these kicks for? I hate this. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an MMA guy. And then he threw up a punch. And Lambert went, whoa! Mm. Took the orange juice. Just took a little sip of it. And I'm like, okay, cute spot. Kind of forgot about the orange juice. Because then very quickly, Ethan Page is there. Cassidy ducks it. He jumps off the ring apron. Su- Superman punch on Page. Page is down. Pfft. The orange juice is still in the mouth. He missed Dan Lambert with orange juice. And he turns round. Page is back up. Body slam. Pin. Cassidy beat Page with a body slam. But they had no context really going into this match. And they told such a good character conflict story purely within the confines of this TV time. And I think if Cassidy wanted to go this way, the body slam could be a new finisher. Oh, yeah? Or at least a, a signature. You know, you tease it all match. I, I guess you've done it once. But... I think you I think you save it for just this, mm, this match. Because okay. like, they, they set it up in this match as a story beat for it. So I think it's just solo to this. But I, I absolutely adored it. Like It was such a fun match. Really, really fun. Uh, 
you know, this was the next thing was probably my second favorite thing on the show. Uh, not Christian's promo, which I thought was excellent anyway, but him bringing out Luchasaurus Dark. Yeah. So Christian was announced that he had a match. He'd requested. He'd a match. requested a match for Dynamite, and he comes out wearing his turtleneck because he's a heel now. It looks the, great. And the commentators are like, he doesn't look doesn't look dressed for a match. And I, that had totally skipped my mind by mm. the time like Christian's promo was done, and he was told that he had to apologize for the remarks he made about jungle boy's dad last week and it's funny because you know last week you said to me i was like i mean he's made a joke about his dead dad like where do you go from there the answer is saying that he hopes his entire family was dead but crucially apart from his mum, and then he puts his hand over the microphone and looks at the camera and goes and the crap, like Christian must be getting amongst some of the, the best heel heat of the year. I can't think of another person who's got such unadulterated heel heat. Dan Lambert, aside from that. But Dan Lambert's thing is just like, you're all sweaty marks and stuff mm. and things like that. But this is legit. People hate Christian. I'm so stunned this is working as well as it is. Yeah. What? Christian Cage is a pro. Like, I'm, I'm so happy that they've made Christian work this well because we all you know we all love him we all have such fond memories of him in that randy Orton feud and that they built on it he's this wiser veteran and he's now got another meal ticket because his character is i don't want to work for my paycheck my extortionate paycheck that made mjf walk out the company i don't want to wrestle for it that's why i had jungle boy but he was stupid he lost so i've got a new guy and it's Luchasaurus from last week. And he comes out with sort of a twisted violin music. Not like Marina Shafir or old school Mankind, but a bit more epic than that. A lot more fuller. Fire everywhere. Pulsating pyro. And just this darker look. He had a black mask gear. now. And I just didn't see it coming. But looking back, it was quite obvious the way Luchasaurus and Christian walked out last week. And it's we were all concerned okay, Christian's turned on Jungle Boy. Sucks for Luchasaurus. Like, where does he go after this? I guess that's... He might get dark ordered <laughs> if, if we're going to make that a, a, a verb. And what they have done is they've, they've now made Luchasaurus my most anticipated wrestler coming out of all of this. It's more than Jungle Boy. It's incredible what they've done here. And as I, as I said, I did not see this coming. Maybe I am a simpleton, but like yeah. when he was like he's requested a match, I was like he's not dressed for a match. And then Tony Schiavone was like, "Kristen, you requested a match, but you're not dressed for one." And Chris was like, "I did request a match, but I didn't say it was for me." And I was like, "Who is it?" Luchasaurus <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh!" And I wrote him, and I was like, "Oh, it's Luchasaurus!" And he comes out looking so cool. Serpentico, who the match was against, his selling of this was amazing. Because in Serpentico's mind, he thought he was having a match with Christian Cage. And then he was like, I mean, I'm probably not going to win this, but hey, I get to wrestle a legend like Christian Cage. That's great for me. Oh, no, not Luchasaurus. And he just craps his pants. Well, also, I think it was last week that they sent out the press release that Serpentico had finally won a match. <laughs> and he was declaring himself undefeated or something. So when, when you see Serpentico go, oh, come on, like that, it's like, oh, well, I'm definitely, not like he would have beaten Christian, but I'm definitely not beating this guy. Look at the very size. good. And he just absolutely got decimated by Luchasaurus, who won with his new, his new finishing move. It's the snare trap. 
Mm. It's Jungle Boy's finish, but he does a nerve hold instead of going for the choke. Love that as a little bit of detail. Uh, afterwards, Christian was like, "Gone, just one more, buddy." And Serpentica got brutal choke slam on the outside. I like that as a a Luchasaurus exclamation point at the end of his squash matches. I would describe that choke slam as gross. Yeah, yep. it was so good. And I, back in you know two years ago. Luchasaurus was my favorite thing in AEW, and he was my, you know, much preferred him to Jungle Boy. I'm because not he's, called, Jungle he's Boy. called Luchasaurus. Yeah, and his hot tags were amazing. His, his kicks and his slaps were so cool. But then, he's, you know, everything Jurassic Express has felt watered down over the last year, I would say. And the focus has been so much on Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus is just standing there. Maybe that's going to play into this. So this made me feel like it's it's still alive. The idea of this Luchasaurus getting to the top of the mid card, like TNT title level in AEW, might be possible. So that's just rekindled all this love I had for for him. Mm -hmm. uh, can't wait. So yeah, either he's the new heel monster, or he turns on Christian and sides with Jungle Boy. Either way, very exciting. Yeah, I think a year down the line, you have the reunion of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And Jurassic Express ride again. I think you can get an amazing pop mm. out of that. Backstage, Wardlow and Scorpio Sky have a face-to-face. -face. Uh, they're not allowed to touch each other. Wardlow says, give me all of American top team. I'll beat up every single one of them. And Scorpio Sky says, well, I challenge you to a street fight next week for the TNT title. So expect all of American top team to get involved. Yeah. 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 Luchasaurus was cool. <laughs> He didn't say Wardlow's world. Well, there's, you know, there's time next week, I guess. Um, I was, I nearly wrote down that Ass Boys and the Acclaimed might be my favourite faction in wrestling. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's Blackpool Combat Club. But then I thought, actually, Danielson's injured. Cla Claudio's just been added randomly, really. No, I think they are my favourite faction. The Acclaimed and the Ass Boys such a good act i it works better than it has any right to do like that first backstage skit that they did where they're sat in a row and they're trying to like you know the ass boys will give suggestions billy gunn like no nah, that's stupid and then they claim to do it, like, <laughs> that's amazing with it and then billy gunn ends off with i've got as an eight-man tag is it on dynamite no is it on rampage no it's on dark elevation <laughs> and they'll go yeah! i was like oh okay i love these guys <laughs> But yeah, uh, Max Caster comes down. He calls Dan Housen a juggalo, a white guy doing white face. Uh, and then he said, if they continue to, if Dan Housen continues to torment the, uh, the ass boys, he's going to make him drink all the tap water in Flint. That is some hardcore hometown heat. <laughs> Michigan, where they were. And of course, Flint had that water crisis a few years, well, five or so years ago that Michael Moore made the documentary on. That was a that was a deep cut. See, here's the thing. Great rap and all. He let me down because he said he mentioned juggalos <laughs> and he mentioned white boys doing white face. And it's Dan Housen tagging with two mystery partners. 
They're in Detroit, Michigan. And I wrote down in my notes, it's Dan Housen and the Insane Clown Posse. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, ICP are going to be on AEW. What a <laughs> pop they're going to get. I can't wait for the Juggalos to come out. And no, it was FTR, which I suppose is cool. Yeah, they're the best tag team on the planet. Oh, it was cool watching them come out draped in gold, but... They they teased the insane clown posse and they did not deliver. I think um, you're the only person who feels that way. <laughs> I loved FTR as the surprise uh, partners. Dan Housen was like, I, you know, I guess they're pretty good at wrestling. <laughs> it was a funny intro. Uh, and I'm not saying they ever set this up, but just just imagine the pop for a one night only deal. It was the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh. It wouldn't have been as big as ICP, but it would have yeah, been, yeah, yeah, been yeah. pretty big. Uh, they had a really fun match, actually. There was a slight botch when Dax and uh, Austin Gunn, I think, just botched a hip toss, which is one of the most Isn't it fundamental when... wrestling moves. But you and I just reviewed TNA Slammiversary 2005, and in that show, Billy Gunn botches a hip toss <laughs> with <laughs> R-Truth. It's a gun thing. It's, it's a boy's curse. <laughs> it's a, a family bloodline curse. <laughs> they can't do hip tosses. Just fame asses. <laughs> or, uh, it's the only move they're allowed yeah, to do. That and punches. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just got scared because Dax's shoulder and they worked the injury angle at the pay-per-view. But they tag in uh, Dan Housen. Dan Housen sort of runs wild. But then referees distracted. Anthony Bowen slides in the ring with the crutch. What a pop. Oh my God. Did you see this coming? No. No. Because no, they've not been setting this up whatsoever. But well, he's been in a wheelchair forever. Yeah. No, but the fact that he can walk. Well, yeah, that's this is the surprise reveal. I know. That's why I'm, that's why yeah. I'm so like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this came out of nowhere and I loved it for it. Um, but the crutch, it was botched like Dan Housen ducked. Crutch hits Austin Gunn, I think. And then Dan Housen got the win off of that. Uh, and, and that led to a disagreement between the Ass Boys and the Acclaimed. And the Ass Boys were angry with Max, sorry, with An Anthony Bowens. And Billy Gunn pushed one of his sons to the ground. He sided with the Acclaimed. Well, that's a smart move. They're the better tag team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just for the sake of comments, uh, people are just correcting you. I'm just going to say that he hit uh, Austin uh, Colton. Sure, sure. Uh, he hit Colton. One of them. He hit Colton Gun with the crutch, and he pushed down Colton Gun. One of the naturals. We, we... <laughs> it was Chase or Andy Douglas. We, uh, I just want to cover all of our bases. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, I the. The Bowen stuff did directly play into a storyline development, so I guess it's good from that thing. I just would have liked the big reveal of him walking to win a match. I guess that's my only very nitpicky. I, I loved it this yeah, way. Yeah, it was great, though. Uh, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh called out Samoa Joe for the ROH TV title match. That'll likely happen at death before Dishonor. Yeah, I think that kind of explains why this feud is sort of being on pause for a little while, because they were just waiting for... And either an ROH TV deal or an ROH pay-per-view to come up so they could do the match there rather than do it on Dynamite. This show has solidified for me because I enjoyed it so much what I think my issue has been with AEW and what I think AEW's issue has been. They're promoting three different promotions on one show. Well, you know, on their TV. Uh, and it doesn't work well for me. I think they've got enough people on their own AEW roster to have to build so i 
I don't. I'm just going to say this now. I don't like the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW. I don't think the New Japan stuff was good enough. I just want AEW stuff. That is fair. I liked all the New Japan stuff. Yeah. The Ring of Honor stuff has not worked for me much, but I liked all the New Japan stuff, and I and I thought it built to an incredible pay per view. Uh, yeah. Well, the the, the pay per view was excellent. After that, we got Jade Cargill versus Lay- Layla Gray. Layla Gray. Layla Gray, a local wrestler. This was for number thirty four on the winning streak for Jade Cargill. She beat her pretty quickly, and then in the post match. Jade was like, give me an actual challenger now. Come on. And Stokely Hathaway said, look, we issued an open challenge to everyone last night. And Layla Gray was the only person to stand up. She doesn't even work here. Because Athena and Chris Statlander are lazy. This brought out Statlander and Athena for a brawl. But it did have me thinking just in kayfabe, well, why didn't you accept the challenge? It's probably them lying. Mm. Heels. Mm. Um, But then Layla Gray help the baddies and Jade overcome the faces and then Jade shoved Layla Gray. Yeah, so Stokely was in the ear of Layla after the match. When uh, Athena and Chris Antlander came down and started beating them up, Stokely pulls Layla out the ring and like whispers into her ear and convinces her that she should be one of the baddies. Mm. And so that she pushes uh, Athena off the top rope to allow the, the heels to take over and stuff. And then she's like, yeah, brilliant. I'm now one of the baddies with Stokely in that. And then Jade Ward's like, no, you're not. So it's open still whether she has joined the group or not. But I like the fact that Stokely has this power that he mm. can just convince people to be part of his group. It's like, oh man, can you imagine if you were part of this group? But Jade is actually the one who has the, the final sign off on this. Yeah, I do like that as well. But I'm also a bit like, where is this title going? Uh, when building up for someone to beat Jade. Yeah, I just feel like it. Yeah, yeah, eventually. But I just don't feel like the, the feuds are good enough in the interim. I don't, I've never believed anyone's going to beat Jade. No, but and it's the same with like, well, no one ever believed they were going to beat Goldberg until it was like the right time to do it. Mm. And WCW just picked the wrong time to do it and the wrong person to do it as well. The final segment we'll talk about, because we talked about the whole second hour of War Games, was the Young Bucks promo. Just Man and Jack, Man and Nick <laughs> sitting back. Man, Man and Jack. Man and Jackson. <laughs> Man and Jack Nixon. <laughs> They're sitting backstage and they're like, all our friends are injured. Like, there's no Red Dragon, there's no Adam Cole, there's no Kenny Omega. Even, Brand- even Brandon's hurt. They've got some intern holding the camera. And then I think it's Nick goes, well, there is that one guy talking about Hangman Page. That was a nice little detail. And then they say, well, our best friends are these tag team championships and we're going to face Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi on Rampage. Because they're... They're around. They're still there. Yeah. And it was, hey, if you can beat us on Rampage, then you'll get a title shot. Mm. A championship contenders match. Yeah. Which actually makes sense. That was the show. They also announced there's going to be a Royal Rampage on uh, Rampage this Friday. It's 20 men. And the winner of that will get this shot at John Moxley. Because people say that Tony Khan loves a tournament. He actually loves Battle Royals. Yeah. There's a... When I listen to Meltzer's review of Rampage... He said, uh, he, he was recounting that and he went, yep, there's the Royal, uh, the, the Rampage Rumble. Oh, I'm so sick of Battle Royals. <laughs> <laughs> and he just said it in such a like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, same, as am I. As am I. I'm done with Battle Royals for a little bit. Thank you. Uh, the Do you know who wins? No. <laughs> I do. All right. 
Oh, are you gonna are you gonna spoil it for yourself? Or no, you gonna... I'll, I'll probably watch it okay. this Saturday. It's actually hard for me to watch Rampage now because I've got to take the kids swimming. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try and catch up with Rampage during the day. Yeah, well, let me know your thoughts. Uh, is it? Is it? I'm good? not I'm not gonna say anything because, yeah. Overall, I gave this show ninety seven percent, which is joint top with the CM Punk versus MJF episode in February. And I re- I was really like, this as a complete episode, I think was better. Because the CM Punk MJF episode had that stupid Brandy Rhodes, Paige Van Zandt segment. Was that on that show? It was was that it show. really? It was on that show. No. That's why it wasn't 100%. That's because it was a Because it was something segment. bad. Awful segment. But I preferred Punk MJF as like the second hour bit. So I just, well, overall, they kind of balance out. They're the, the joint best show of the year for me. I Just just outstanding. And what's most exciting is I'm so looking forward to what happens next. Yeah, five out of five show for me. Um, or four out of four show, because uh, can we have our poll <coughs> up, please? What would you score this episode of Dynamite? There'll be a poll at the top of the live chat, so you can go there and get your voice heard. I was going to suggest putting up a poll because I did see someone there saying like, so Luke likes the Intane Clown Posse but doesn't like Disturbed. <laughs> I was going to put a poll up saying which band is better, ICP or Disturbed, but I just know that ICP will win in a landslide. So <laughs> I didn't think it was fair on Disturbed. Oh, sp- speaking of them, um, speaking of polls, you must be pretty, pretty disappointed with Forbidden Door, right? Because, you know, by your, your and everybody else's standards, it was 150,000 buys minimum. Otherwise, it would have been a, a failure. I, I I haven't seen what the buy rate was for 100,000. Was it really? Yeah. So I'm happy <laughs> because I expected it to do 70,000 to 80,000 yeah. buys. I'm, I'm surprised at that. I know that it's done like $5 million or something. So it's like a massive financial success. Yeah. So $50 per pay-per-view. Uh, 100,000 buys. Yeah. I probably uh, could have done that maths myself, I suppose. But the... Uh, yeah. Just, uh, just wanted to point out that I was more right than everybody else (laughs) here. Let's get into the rest of your Omega chats because we've got no Patreon shoutouts left, but please do go over and support us on Patreon because... Uh, I don't know, uh, should I just check that quickly? So yeah, no, I've already checked. You've already checked that. Wonderful. But uh, you can say. Well, I can do today. Yeah, so over on Patreon right now for our $10 package, Wrestle Talk After Dark has gone live in both audio and video format with Pete, Social Media Abbey, Editor Terry, and In The Room Tempest what? having a chat, having a few drinks. Uh, I popped by for a little moment of it. But going live this afternoon in a few hours' time, once I've edited it, Mine and Ollie's review of TNA Slammiversary 2005. A very, very important show to me. Not just because it's the one where Raven wins the title. There's a lot on there to talk about. And also, we get to recap what was a mad few weeks in wrestling in 2005. Matt Hardy being fired and going kind of nuts online. And then WWE wanted to bring him back while he was teasing going to TNA. We're just coming off the back of both ECW reunion shows, One Night Stand and Hardcore Homecoming. CM Punk wins the Ring of Honor title in his final Ring of Honor match. And no one really knowing who has worked who. Oh, it's so, so delicious of a time. 
fascinating stuff. And hell of a pay-per-view as well oh. until the main event. Which, which is the is, which is match of the night. And which we me all and Luke agreed. very much disagreed on. Ollie thinks, <laughs> Ollie thinks the king of the mountain match is rubbish. And I would argue it's what makes <laughs> it good. Omega chat time. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk for all that exclusive stuff. Riot DR, I'm so sad about Santana. I sincerely hope he has a speedy and full recovery. Emphasize in the full. Whatever the plan is, but we need to get Eddie Kingston to the AEW World Championship. Side note, intrigued at what's going on with Luchasaurus. Mm -hmm. Kadem XBL, this is why I will never wrestle for AEW. Hats off to all those guys putting themselves through the nonsense, but F that. Also, Yuta took a top rope bump onto the tax and the camera missed it. The poor guy. And props to MM and, uh, oh, Matt Menard and, and Danny Garcia for getting bladed by Mox, probably with the glass. Also got to remember as well that there's 13,000 people there watching it live. So he didn't take that bump for nothing. <clears throat> H Moose 805. After that ending, Eddie should feud with Claudio and win before feuding with Mox and the Blackpool Combat Club over the interim title. He can then win the interim title before Punk returns and they can have the undisputed title match and Grand Slam in Eddie's home state. That's if Punk can get back by July. Because that's, no, that's in September. No, Grand Slam's next month. So you, the, the first one was in September. I think the, 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 they announced on this show it's in July. Really? Pretty sure it is. I wrote down September. Uh, I'll continue. Damien Drake, last night was my first show I attended and it was a blast. Crowd was insane all the way through, especially for FTR and Eddie. Blood and Guts is my match of the year. Also, after the show, Dan Housen referred to Dax and Dash as FTR bald and FTR hair, which I thought was great. Yeah, been July. Doing that for a while. Oh, tickets go on sale in July 22nd. Okay, sorry, my apologies. Oh, July I thought July and I was like, that's the date for it. It's when tickets go on sale. It's weird they're promoting that before All Out, which will be the first week of September. Yeah. Danny G. Hi, guys. Great match. Eddie is the best, and Claudio looks like he's having a great time. To add to Luke's commentary thoughts, any best at the moment must include Regal for me, as well as calling Excalibur in the man in the mask. He's now calling Taz Mr. Maniac. What a guy. He is great. He just gets tripped over his own words sometimes. He gets too excited. Jonathan Baroub. Uh, was there last... Was there last night? Had the giant support wrestle talk sign. Oh, I didn't see it, but thank you so much. Can be seen during the main event at the beginning. Anyway, the crowd was electric all night. The matches were great, and I was pleasantly surprised about a rampage result. Hmm. Mm. Millennial Cowboy. After seeing Moxley come out to Wild Thing, Championship Belt, Full Crowd, Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie, and LAX at his side, I gotta wonder: Do you guys still want CM Punk to unify the belt? I think it's better on Moxley crowd are so into moxley at the moment he's he really carries the belt well uh, and he never got that when he won it was right at the start of people getting locked down yeah so it is quite nice won it in february and his entire reign was uh, during the pandemic my wife says something very interesting about john moxley because i've always had this thing about uh it's very easy to to market boy bands and i was like boy bands have just got this weird thing that if they're pretty enough you can just put them out and they could do they could just go out there and fart on snare drums and girls will young girls will lose their minds and i don't quite know what it is or anything like that sexiness yeah well that that's what it is but i was like they don't actually have to do anything and actually it's, it's quite sort of a lame thing and i think it's actually quite um I, i've been like it's actually quite damaging to you as a, as a as a gender and i think it's very good and my wife sort of agrees with me then she was watching the moxie thing she was like this is just boy bands <laughs> but for 40 year old men 
And I was like, yeah, but look how cool he looks. Shut up. Shut up, Kate. Look how cool he is with that title belt. Rolling with Rock was live at Blood and Guts. Amazing night of wrestling. Tony gave us almost five hours of wrestling. Wrestling content uh, after making us wait about three years. Claudio's swing on the cage was terrifying as a transplant to the arena, to the area. I agree with Christian on on Detroit. So he's not from Detroit, but he's moved there. Be well. Hot tag. Uh, Jacob Smith has said, now TK's got the absent Atlantic title out of his system. It's back to the trio's titles teasing and manifesting. I'm not waiting for Kenny. That bucks tease. Yes, please. Screw it. Make CMFTR Hausen eight stars or just strap him to the BCC for a good time. Ready, set, mech said, hi, I was there last night, and boy, the Detroit crowd put their heart and soul into this show. Tony, uh, Showing Tony how much we love wrestling, and AE freaking FTR pop was legendary. Blood and Guts was amazing. Also, being scissored by strangers <laughs> was the highlight of the night. This effing company. Hi, Drifter. Just, just done that. The, the, I saw a sign in the crowd, scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> I thought, it's wonderful that that is a sequence of words that people promote publicly. High Plane Drifter said, For the briefest of seconds, I was convinced that it was Kane, not Luchasaurus, that was coming out for a match. <laughs> the music of Pyra gave me old-school mm. Kane vibes. Looking forward to more Christian and Kaneosaurus. Aaron Smith said, Hearing Ollie allude to Hangman realigning with the Bucks in the news made me intrigued. Page feels directionless and a shock heel turn with the Bucks that would make an amazing page to his story and provide so many possibilities. Oh, I didn't see it as a heel turn. Uh, Riley Finlayson. Show is amazing. I'm super excited for Hill Luchasaurus run with Christian as a mouthpiece. Him against Wardlow? Yes, please. Mm. Also, loved Excalibur trying to stop the others from using their WWE <laughs> names. Incredible show. Can I get a The Ass Bill? The ass, boys. <laughs> Callum says, excited to see Luchasaurus getting the singles push. Would have preferred him face, but I'm willing to go with this. It's going to be nice when if, uh, it's going to be nice when after a bit of build, he gets fed to Wardlow. <laughs> well, that's what I'm guessing is going to happen. Uh, Radia, body slam. Props to Paige and Cassidy building a story around it. I'm fine with the song change, though I do prefer the Pixies. Hey, look, Chuck Taylor is mm. there. Lastly, the Dark Order, you cut off one head, none will take its place, <laughs> but it is alive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Chuck Taylor also teased, well, didn't tease, but he did a similar thing to Alan Angels on his social media. There was speculation he had also left the company, was there last night, so yeah. probably okay. So I guess the Dark Order isn't Hydra, it's um, it's <clears throat> Legion. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nichols, what a week to be a wrestling fan. Forbidden Door was fantastic, Raw was good, SB3 and Sat were funny, AF and insightful as balls yesterday, and Dynamite was wicked too. Oh, did I mention Jam in the Jar? Can't wait. <laughs> Team Sat, cheers for the contents, lad. I mean, well, we, there is the graphic oh. for Jam in the Jar. It is Sullivan versus Pete versus myself versus Sat versus Ollie versus Andy versus Sock Puppet Sullivan. Do you know who your picks are? I forgot... Then I think I've got Alexa Bliss. You do have Alexa Bliss in the women's. And who's my men's pick? Uh, I think you may have... Oh, Pete might have Drew. I can't remember who you've got mm. now in the men's. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think that Jack is going to see Sats win because he's got Sheamus as his men's pick. And we're mm. pretty confident the men's one's going on second. Uh, Colostopia said, Hangman is champion. AEW is good. Punk is champion. AEW is bad. Mox is champion. AEW is good. Eddie influenced Ollie in hating <laughs> CM Punk. Potentially. Uh, Zico has been a member for 11 months in a row what an amazing show been smashing your podcast on patreon just listen to your first one back in the office want to uh want an update on the office spotify oh uh we've not really been listening to it out loud have we people 
There's so many people in the office now. Yeah. Ki kind of need to be mindful of other noises. Yeah. We've had to buy Editor Terry noise cancelling headphones while she edits because some people are just too loud. Mm -hmm. uh, Nate, Ollie, uh, you could not live with your failure. And where did that bring you? Right back to AEW. It's good <laughs> to have you back on board. Plus, those can checks are probably nice. Which is the bigger emotional match? Jungle Boy versus Christian or Jungle Boy versus Evil Luchasaurus? Evil Luchasaurus, definitely. Like a like the the kid who has to slay his childhood monster that's gone out of control. Oh. Uh, in response to uh, Chris's question, <clears throat> find better communities. I think you just keep going to the wrong ones. Stick hmm. with this community because all the stuff that you say you see does not happen in our community. Take a break from social media yeah. as well. That's that's a very good bit of advice. Uh, Ollie Davis's secret lover just says hi, Ollie. Oh. It's like, Hi. it's like Christian and Jungle Boy's mum over here. <laughs> CJ Thornton has been a member for five months in a row. Funny in hindsight that Daniel's replacement with someone Eddie also hates. <laughs> the plot thickens. Love y'all, fellas. Excited for money in the bank. Uh, JS Wooten. Let's give it up to AEW for learning their lessons and having Sammy's big bump be perfectly framed. Good job, AEW. Wardlow needs MJF back. Ethan Page needs to leave ATT. Mm. And FTR loves Dan Housen like a proper wrestling fan should, Ollie. <laughs> Dad and Thoe for life. I don't think Wardlow needs MJF back. That's nope. a step backward. Kevin says, um, never heard Cassidy's song before, but I like it. The match with Paige was fun. It's always great to see FTR, and I enjoyed the reveal of Bowen's recovery. But my fave thing is Luchasaurus <laughs> Oscuro. He looks so badass. Can't wait to see what's next for them. Uh, Kira Soltari has been a member for nine months in a row. When I saw Jeff Parker stuck outside upside, uh, upside down in the cage, my first thought it was a glitch in the game, <laughs> and he just got stuck. <laughs> Uh, Art Axis says, hello Good. from Tennessee, lads. I drove eight and a half hours to watch for Forbidden Door. It's my first AEW live show and it did not disappoint. Do you think that New Jersey and AEW would benefit from, <laughs> oh, sorry, New Japan would uh, and AEW would benefit from some kind of exchange program with younger talent? Similar to what Utah did with the best of the super genius. They've kind of informally got that going already with uh, Takeshita with someone else. Wheelie Utah. Wheelie Utah, but yeah, there was... I can't remember. I feel like it was another Japanese young boy-ish wrestler who was about. I also love the fact that you can drive eight and a half hours in America just to, I don't know, that probably gets you across one state. Mm. Like, that's almost a full round trip of the UK. You're in Scotland. And back again. Yeah. Uh, Ray Slover says, Violent J from the Insane Clown Posse isn't in the best health. And they've actually stopped touring because of it. So he definitely wasn't going to be wrestling anytime soon. Whoop, whoop. Juggalo for life. And then Mad Jones says, Violent J from ICP has a heart condition. Sadly, we'll be able to wrestle. Three Detroit Painface natives would have been amazing. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know that. Um, Ten Ruzza said, this was so damn good. So happy with this super quick episode of Dynamite. Felt like an hour. There was so much fun. And immediately, Claudio feels like a big star. So good to see Jade and Orange Cassidy is just a delight. Already pumped for All Out and the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Cool. Uh, to clarify, um, Layla Gray is the current OVW Women's Champion. OVW having scored a Netflix deal. Currently looks like she may be, uh, she may uh, not be part of the baddies in AEW. I don't think she was on, like, never thought she was part of the group. Mm. Well, she, yeah, it might play into something else. That's from Roberto there. Yeah, I didn't think that she was going to be part of the group, but just because mm. Jade is the person who gets to sign off on that. Uh, Southern Blue says, Blood and Guts was amazing and a very underrated spot, in my opinion, is when Kingston and Garcia uh, had, uh, sorry, 
When Kingston had Garcia pinned against the wall of the cage, giving him a fish hook, Garcia screams, in that moment, we're haunting. Oh, cool. Flexible Fox 69 said, Hey guys, I was at the show last night after waiting three years for AEW to come to Detroit. They more than delivered. My family and I were the ones holding up the massive sign spelling out Eddie. Oh, great work. Cool. Great, great work. Um, yeah, everyone's sort of like, Well, oh, I've been waiting three years, three years. We're waiting longer. And he sniffed of an AEW show over here, Tony. And lastly, for now, Danny G said, I'm actually going to watch the Pixies on Tuesday. So I'm definitely a fan. Honestly, when it comes to the Orange Cassidy character, I do think Jane works better. Sometimes it's not just about the best song. Well, but we're not saying it's just we prefer the song. We think the song works better for a wrestling entrance, for the character, all that stuff. I completely agree. Um, but yes, thank you very much for all your Omega chats. Let's get the results of the poll oh, yeah. in. Uh, one out of four, zero percent. Two out of four, two percent. 16% voted for 3 out of 4, and 81% voted this as a perfect 4 out of 4 show. That is one of the highest scoring ones we've ever had, I think. email in from alex who says hello gents hope you're well just wanted to wade in on the curry talk all right um i went for a curry once with an indian friend of mine who ordered me a vindaloo told me that brits eat curries wrong as they pour the entire curry all over the rice yes we do yes we do make a big mushy rice sauce it's the bang best way to do it gonna mop it all up with some naan oh delicious Mm, i would argue it's the only way to eat a curry. I think we've improved it, guys. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, actually, that's why. No shame in it. The, the Americans did it to the pizza as soon as they stuffed that crust. Yeah. Italians are in second place now. He continues to say that he told me that Brits eat curries wrong as they pour. Uh, apparently, you aren't to spoon over the, the meat over the rice with only a small amount of the sauce. Which begs the question, it's pointing the sauce. There are, in some Indian takeaways I've been to, there is so much sauce. Oh, it's the best. Well, sometimes I'm like, well, you've skimped on the meat here (laughs) because there's too much sauce in this little foil container. Alex says uh, that way the taste is not overpowering. So you're just getting meat and rice. Uh, It says uh, the Brits use naan to dip their sauce. That's also Mm. incorrect. You're supposed to rip off some of the bread and use it as a pincer to grab food and then eat it, which actually is what I do with naan, but it's also what I do with poppadoms. I just snap off a bit of poppadom spoon over mm-hmm. my rice and uh say charred paneer or whatever it is and uh, and then in it goes what are you gonna do with all that sauce left on the plate though You're gonna mop it up with some naan that's exactly it because we've improved on mm. it we've made it better culturally appropriated and improved uh and uh, he finishes off here said i agree peshwari naan is the best closely followed by cheese yes well I think I might like cheese naans more than che- A naans. cheese naan? A cheese naan from Deschum in, uh, well, any of the branches in London mm-hmm. is the nicest experience you can have in your mouth. A, che- <laughs> a cheese naan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not tried one? I've not tried a cheese well, naan. But then again, I have cheese as my like bit of protein, really. It's not really protein. Rather than meat, you've got paneer, I guess. I have paneer, yes. I do the same. So you're having cheese on cheese? What well, the, the cheeses are so different. What cheese, what, just... Well, what cheese is in the naan? I don't know, cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> cheddar and naan? Red Leicester. 
Now, if it's red Leicester, I'm bang on. I'm board. not opening that up. But this is a, I think, what what a dish in. They're like a North Iranian Indian food. Yeah, cheese naan. Just curious what's in a mm. cheese naan. Uh, do, 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 do. It could change. House choice. Apparently, it's made of paneer cheese. Oh. <laughs> so I've got paneer cheese in my naan. Yeah. And I've got paneer cheese in my curry. Honestly, I think paneer is fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. I don't know why it isn't more readily available in this country. Like, there's only one brand of paneer that you can buy in a and supermarket. it's crap as well. Like, oh, the, I don't mind it. The one I get at uh, my local Sainsbury's is rubbish. It's the blue, the light blue uh, wrapping with the purple logo. Oh, and it's yeah. just, it crumbles too easily, mostly because I try and do it on a griddle. So it's just, it sticks to the griddle and it just crumbles apart. And by the end of it, I'm just eating paneer mince. Hmm. I'd much rather have chunks of paneer that I've griddled yeah. on my, I've beautifully barbecued. Try frying it. I don't want to fry it. I want to griddle it. I want the char. Can't help you, though. <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got time for on the show. Uh, Alex also asks how many people knew that Tempest was coming over. Uh, all of us. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> all, we didn't make it public. Yeah, we all knew. Uh, in fact, um, Denise and Sean and Alex and everyone, like, uh, the extended family all knew as well. Hmm. Um, in fact, actually, that Lucha thing that he was doing commentary for, I didn't drop the ball with that. Because he was doing his commentary gig for them on the Friday. And they put a tweet about it saying, like, Tempest is going to be doing commentary for us before Luke and Ollie steal him away for the UK. I was going to mess with them being like, lads, Ooh. pipe down. It's meant to Close. be a secret here. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Uh, back tomorrow, myself and Denise Salcedo talking about the biggest news in wrestling this week, which has actually remarkably been a quiet week of wrestling news. That's oh, all we just... Just wait. <laughs> Something will happen Thursday night. There'll be some Sasha Banks thing. She's actually coming back. She's on SmackDown tonight. Mm. Uh, anyway, we've got, uh, we'll got we have that tomorrow. And then on Saturday, Pete and Tempest in studio reviewing SmackDown and Rampage. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.